and welcome back to another episode of Talk About It, Sis. This is the last episode of season two. So, uh, season two, episode 20. Amanda, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. A little indifferent. You know, I just love doing this with you weekly. Indifferent? But... <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's exciting. It is, but I definitely... Um... I'm looking forward to a break. And that's just because mm -hmm. like a lot of people, I just have so much going on. One less yeah. thing is is a little weight off my shoulders. And now I was literally checking out nannies this morning because I'm like so overwhelmed. So Yeah. <laughs> but this is this kind of aligns with what we're gonna be talking about. A little little self-care, a little healing today. So you wanna start us off by giving us the definition of what you think healing looks like for you? Yeah, I mean healing is, you know, it isn't linear. You know, I look at it as different stages. For me, I don't know if I can put in words what healing looks like for me. Like, I feel like I know what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk I about that. I can describe, right. I can describe my feelings, but I'm in a more focused state. I don't like let my too many thoughts get like the best of me. So my anxiety is under control. And that's like really it for me. My oh, emotions wow. really get the best of me. So uh, like a good day for me is like, okay, I don't have anxiety and I'm focused. And that really oh, wow. is enough for me. <laughs> that's what's up. I'm like, the, that means you're pretty evolved. <laughs> I'm like, I got an it's entire hard, list. Huh? Well, no, that for me is like extremely hard to do. Like I don't have a lot of discipline. And so a discipline me would be, a, a, I would say, the best form of healing for me. Like discipline. I can follow through on the things that I say. I can. But how is that healing for you? Because I don't have any discipline. I procrastinate a lot. I um, I, It's hard for me to stay focused. I need a lot of structure. So. That's not necessarily <laughs> something that comes from being like unhealed. Uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you think, like, how do you think you need healing from being unfocused or like distracted? Like, how do you, like, that's not I really. I think for me, right. I think a lot, for me, a lot of that is a manifestation of my mental issues. And mm, okay. so I view, I feel healed in that. And that's why I view it in um, that way. I don't personally okay. think I'm someone that um, needs a lot of healing outside of my mental health struggles. Yeah. I didn't okay. experience. You know, I don't. Um, I don't think I've experienced anything really dramatic, like in my childhood. Yeah, had a pretty decent upbringing in life where I just I don't have anything that I'm healing from. A lot of things have to do with things that may have taken place in my adulthood because okay. of choices that I made. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Does that make a little more sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But I guess we're looking at like healing in a different way. Like when I think of healing, mm -hmm. like I don't really expect to be healed from like anxiety and depression, right? I just think it's a thing that mm -hmm. is. But like my goal in healing is to like make sure I'm like living my best life and being the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little different when you have trauma because a lot of your life is spent like undoing that and like mm -hmm. learning how to operate in the world, not from a space of like constantly being triggered. So I guess when I think about healing, it's less about like, oh, I wish I didn't have anxiety or I wish I didn't get depressed sometimes. It's more about like, oh, mm -hmm. how can I try to be my most calm, evolved self? Okay. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And that's, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think that's why I said healing is objective and it's not the same for everyone because we just have different journeys and different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's it's, you know, online, there are hundreds probably of pages of people and they're sharing their journeys and they're talking about what healing is and all these memes and stuff. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think people just got to figure out what it is, what does it look like to be 
their whole self yeah. version of that. Okay, yeah, that that gives me a lot of new perspective actually because I just when I was thinking of it, I was thinking like, oh, it's the same for everyone. Like, not mm. necessarily like what we do to heal is the uh, like the same, but like the definition of it is the same for everyone. And now you're making me realize it's not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be um, the same as the steps taken to heal. Like, what what are you, do you feel like you've done in the past, say, three years, five years to reach yeah, that? Yeah, so I made a list of all the things that I think, like, have Oh, okay. Me. Yeah. Please share. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the first was, like, getting into therapy. Um, but it wasn't just, like, being able to talk about uh, the things that I was going through. But, like, my therapist really helped me to, like, change my perspective of how I was, like, taking in the world. So we talked a lot. I guess we talked in a previous episode about, like, shame and blaming yourself and, like, living from that space um, and how you were saying that you, like, struggle with that. So she really helped me to, like, rewire that thinking process. So, like, I'm not, you know, shaming myself for every small mistake or, like, for feeling the feelings that I'm feeling. You know, like, I, I also think that, like, in this society like people are uncomfortable with feeling their feelings so it's always like oh well like get over it or like move on or like don't worry tomorrow's a new day when like actually it's okay to just feel these negative feelings because they're normal Mm -hmm. human emotions so i feel like that was huge for me to realize and uh she also just taught me to like have patience with where i'm at like i don't have to like Mm -hmm get healed right now like and heal right. all of like it took what like 30 years for me to get to this space it's not i'm like you said healing isn't linear and it, it's gonna take me time to i don't i don't know for me i just think like i'm probably gonna be healing my entire life right you will <laughs> yeah and That's like bad yeah exactly and yeah so that was number one and then i think specifically for people with trauma like other things that have helped me is like uh breath work like being really conscious of my breath when i'm like having anxiety attacks or like i don't get them often but when i do um and i was looking up like what is the science behind that uh Mm -hmm. because i feel like there's two like different schools of thought there's like breath work where it's like spiritual and breath work where like trauma therapists use it and so i was looking it up and it basically said like doctors have found that breath work literally like heals the brain um and decreases the fear center and overreactivity um and those parts of the brain and increases the thinking center and emotional regulation centers so like literally when you're breathing or you're like being conscious of your breath you're changing mm-hmm. what your brain is doing so i found that to be like extremely helpful if i'm anxious and then inner child reparenting you have you heard of that no but i kind of have an idea of what it might be <laughs> yeah so i don't know when i was researching it today i found that you know who carl jung is you probably know better than i do yeah he's like I mean, theories so i guess he came up with it which i didn't realize but like inner child reparenting is basically how i implement it in my own life is like if I'm having a hard day or like if I'm you know going through a tough season not downing myself and speaking to myself like as if I were a child like showing myself the same level of compassion for like what Mm -hmm. I'm going through Mm -hmm. or like yeah like being able to access the parts of myself that were like playful as a kid or joyful or like the, Mm -hmm. the moments that I feel like I missed out on like being able to access that happiness now and just like Mm -hmm. be a big kid and be happy in my life and joke around like that for me is healing. Yeah, I think those were the main three things. So focusing on my breath, inner child reparenting and therapy. Because we all need it. The um, (laughs) inner child parenting one, I think is super, super important. I actually wanted to talk about this. I don't know if I wanted to make like an Instagram reel about it or, Mm -hmm. but I, 
But generally, I feel like a big part of how we treat ourselves, we we need to put in the perspective of like a child. So, yeah, you know, with having a um, toddler right now, I think about how I treat him right. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want you watching TV too much or too much screen time. No, you can't have a piece of candy. You don't need that sugar. You need to rest. Like, we know as parents or even as people, we like strive for perfectionism when it comes to our children. Mm -hmm. But like with us, it's kind of like, oh, all of a sudden we don't take as, we're not as gentle. We're not as kind to ourselves as we are to our children. So it's like we have Mm -hmm. the the recipe. We know what we're supposed to do, but sometimes we just don't do it. And so for me, it's kind of like, like what you just said, I tell myself, like, treat yourself like you do your kid. Mm -hmm. Put the phone down, drink some water, you know, get some fruit, get your smoothie. (laughs) Yeah. It's really simple, I think. And like, even if you don't have trauma, like being in tune with that side of yourself is so important. Like when I was reading online, it was talking about like how that sub personality of our childhood, like remains with us for the rest of our lives, like trauma Mm -hmm. or not. And like when she was saying, like when we get activated or when we get triggered, like everybody gets triggered, right? Like even if you don't have severe trauma like you have moments where something activates you or you're feeling intense anxiety about something she was saying like that's when uh your like your inner child is like calling the shots Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. being able to talk to yourself in that moment being like okay Mm -hmm. what's happening here like let me get in touch with myself that's helped me so much so much and Mm -hmm. oh i forgot also like being in touch with my body has been huge. Mm-hmm. Like I've read this book called Definitely. The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Someone actually just recommended that book to me. Yeah. Um, like literally last week. It's in my stage Oh yeah. Card. It's really good. It's very like scientific, but it gave me a huge mm-hmm. like map about like, oh, these are why I'm experiencing the things that I'm experiencing. And like trauma, it talks essentially like how trauma is stored in the body, right? You know, these traumatic things happen in your body, you store it. And so exercise for me is huge. Being able to do yoga, you know, just like moving around for me really makes a huge difference. And I've talked about it in the past, like, I don't know that I was really in tune with my body until I started EMDR. And like, I'm not Mm. in it anymore, but it made me incredibly in touch with myself in a way like I hadn't been before. Mm -hmm. And you bring up a great point when you talk about being in tune Mm -hmm. with your body. Uh, I I do this a lot with um, some of my clients, but when they are talking about or sharing, like talk, sharing stories in which they get triggered or they feel out anxiety, I always ask them, how does your body feel now Mm. that you shared that with me? Or what's going, you know, what's going through your mind right now? Because people don't realize like while you're, of course, while you're talking, you could be shaking. You, your heart can be beating fast. You can start to sweat. And so another example of like progress or healing would be being able to talk about something difficult and not having any intense body. It's pain. interesting because so that's another part of how that could be progressed or healing for someone. Mm. It's interesting because I kind of feel like it was the opposite for me. So like when I first started therapy, when I would tell like my therapist, mm-hmm. like traumatic stories, right? It would just be like a story. Like there'd be like no emotion attached to it. Like I've told this story so many times, mm. like whatever. It was no So emotion. once I started doing the therapy that was like getting me in touch with my body, feeling, feeling the actual emotions that are attached to the story was the progress. Like I was like, oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because before I was like desensitized okay. to these major traumatic things, right? <laughs> Like, so then the goal was mm-hmm. to get getting me to feel, yeah. <laughs> okay. the goal was getting me to feel like what I'm actually feeling in my body. I mean, that's interesting. So yeah, for some people it's like, I'm tired of, I need, I need to stop feeling. And for some, it's like, I need 
I need to figure out how to feel these feelings. <laughs> what are the ways that you feel like you take care of yourself? We talk about healing. Obviously, we talk about self. I honestly don't think I properly take care of myself. <laughs> um, I know that sounds like That's a revelation. Odd, <laughs> but for someone who, <laughs> yeah, for someone who you know provides guidance to people and helps people take care of mm-hmm. themselves, I don't do a good job of taking care of myself, mm-hmm. and so that's why I view self care obviously. It is different. It's different. So I saw a post or something. People like self care isn't getting your nails on her hair, and I'm like, it can be. It can be. It's not all of it. But for some people, getting up out the bed, brushing their teeth, and painting their nails or spraying perfume is progress for them. That's self care for them because it's sometimes it's just so hard to do. Just that's that. true, and that's the kind of part of depression. Um, you know, some people kind of like overlook. It's just like getting about the bed. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think. I, go ahead. If that works for somebody, you know. I was gonna say I think I'm part of the crew of people that kind of like shunned. Like taking a bubble bath is not. You know, I I just feel like sometimes, sometimes (laughs) people make self-care always seem like flowery and like this great thing that we just are taking care of ourselves and feeling amazing. And like, I don't think that it's always that. Like, sometimes I think that self-care is being able to sit and deal with your emotions. And that's not always cute or pretty or but it is care. So, yeah, like it's just also like sitting with a child who's having a tantrum, right? And being able to sit with them as they're processing those feelings, not like put them in a bubble bath to make the feelings <laughs> subside. I guess that's like what I was thinking of it as. <laughs> but I think that it's a it's a spectrum. Well, no, it's true. I do think some people, yeah, and I think some people, you know, they they overdo it. Like, okay, you don't have to lu- luxury uh, purses is not self care, yeah, right? But if you say that I haven't bought myself something in a while, then okay, I can view that as you taking care yeah. of yourself. So there's definitely balance. That makes sense. I want to go back to something that you said that you struggle with self-care. Why do you feel like that is? Because uh, I just, I'm, I'm so focused on other people and my emotions kind of go to other places. I just sometimes don't have the time to prioritize myself. And I'm like completely aware of that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just have to sit with that. I'm a, I'm a mom. I just so I guess my question to you is like, what would it look like to carve out that time for you? And is it possible? Yeah, I think like you shared the last episode or one before last about just being able to sit with my emotions, sit with my feelings. Um, I feel like I would need to carve out time just to do that if not everything is just like a big tornado and i respond to it as it like gets to me like okay it's like a a tornado and it's spinning and things are flying out of it and i'm just like catching (laughs) whatever comes out like i'm dealing with it as is but yeah there are some things i've been thinking about um lately and like just like i shared at the beginning of the episode is i'm really considering getting a nanny i was thinking it'd be too costly and then i'm like oh i don't need someone in my house all the time but i feel like i really need yeah i feel it um i shared a post and went on a rant yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, about it's not you know ideal for a human to be working over 40 hours a week and then also doing the things that um we were expected to do before women had jobs and <laughs> things like that and so i have to find you know find some way to alleviate yeah i i also feel that and i was gonna say like i'm obviously not a mom yet but i do read a lot of things online like shaming moms for taking time to themselves like i remember the other day i was on tiktok and there was this woman who was talking about like um after birth doula 
she had an afterbirth doula who would come to her house at like six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and take care of the baby basically uh, well six o'clock at night and take care of the baby until 6 a.m and a lot of people were like shaming her in the comments like oh like you're not a real mom essentially because you're not taking care of your baby in the night and i'm like what <laughs> like this is the best thing i could ever think of like why would you not want this if you can afford it and it's helping you take care of yourself and be in a better space so that you can take care of the child during the day why would you not do that but i feel like it's just the culture of like shaming moms for like not being all about their kids all the time and i feel like motherhood doesn't have to mean complete self-sacrifice all the time that's just not healthy so i i can imagine that that's super tough yeah and there's this idea that in order for you yeah and i was going to say there's this idea for some people that in order for you to be uh the best mom or even the best person you have to put yourself through all this hard work it doesn't have to be hard and I just think prior to our generations, women always had people helping them. That I think we've gotten away from that. Like in a lot of like non-Western cultures, everybody's in the house helping them all. Yeah. Auntie's coming over, grandma's coming over, she's resting. I mean, if, even if we take it back to slavery, the slaves were taking care of white people's okay. children, like literally breastfeeding yeah. them. <laughs> like, women have always had and needed help in the home. And so I think that's insane. I wish afterbirth doulas on every woman because I think right. it would be amazing. But if you live like having your mom or something, I'm sure that's just a self. Yeah, I think that's like essential. Like I was thinking about that the other day because um, I was talking to my sister-in-law and I'm definitely going to go there like after she gives birth to help her because I'm like, it's essential. Like you need support. You need somebody who could take the baby mm-hmm. while you take a nap like because it's exhausting right i'm like i know i'm gonna have hella people up yeah, in my house no showers oh yeah like 10 minutes to take a shower right do yeah. you feel like your um yeah, like come on do you feel like your self-care has declined since you had to hear or is that like a catalyst for it or you no actually i don't think it's him um i think i reached a point where i finally realized that i was not taking care of myself and now i'm trying to do it but with a new baby and so got it I was probably trash at self-care before him, but now I'm so aware. I'm like, oh, I need to journal and I just need to, you know, relax and wake up. And I'm like, I really can't do that now. (laughs) So in due time, I'll be able to. It's just rough um, having to do it all, of course, and then then work. Um, So, yeah, no, it's not his fault. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing you came to that realization, though. Maybe not the most perfect timing, but yeah. I don't know what I was doing before. Yeah, I was definitely self-taught, sabotaging. Like, I have no idea. Weren't we all? <laughs> my life. Weren't we all? I was out here. Why? <laughs> doing the most. Um, I also think, like, the pandemic just kind of made us sit down, sit with ourselves, where before, you know, we going to work nine to five, the, trend, the commute home, like, you really don't have time to sit here and be like, what do I need to, how do I need to care for myself better? You know, the pandemic allowed us to be in the house doing nothing but thinking. <laughs> We're like, okay, what's well, not working here? So I think in that way, it was positive. So um, when you, you said that self-care for you necessarily isn't a bubble bath or mm-hmm. anything, outside of that, how do you self-care? Do you, when you get your nails and your hair done, do you view that as a form of self-care? Or do you feel that as that's just routine for you? 
I think it's routine for me. I do view it as a form of self-care. Like if I'm having, if I'm having a bad day and I don't want to like, you know, stay at home, I'll go get my nails done or I'll go to the gym. Gym is a huge self-care for me. I just always feel better after. And yeah, so I do, I do view those things as self-care for sure. But like I view sleep as self-care. If I'm having an especially hard day, I'll take a nap for like three hours. And I'm trying to think of what else, what other things that I do. I journal a lot. I sing a lot. Honestly, singing is a huge form of like self-care for me. Like if I'm having a bad day, I'll just turn on some music. Music is extremely helpful to me. Yeah. Just like different methods of self-soothing, right? It looks different for everybody else. Or like if I'm wake up and I'm feeling anxious, I'll do like a YouTube meditation, you know, breathe a little bit. And I just, I think the most profound thing I've learned is just to like really be gentle with myself and not like, girl, you're, you know, why are you doing this or like you should be doing this or you have a deadline to do this like just being like okay like this is where I'm at right now what is going to make me feel better and I'm going to take it a step at a time because I'm human I've been in the house and like if you have trauma the trauma has been exacerbated by this I don't know anybody that wouldn't have experienced that and like yeah so just being kind to myself I think I've said that before yeah there was this post on on Twitter yesterday I wish I had saved it and somebody was like don't you guys just miss the two years we were in the house and they were talking about how productive they were uh, how productive they were and and people were like what it was horrible I mean... <laughs> and then i realized maybe for someone who is skilled or somewhat not have like a lot of baggage that maybe the two years in the house was amazing I mean, like for... <laughs> and that's okay yeah, but I, was like, I feel like for the first eight months though i was fine i was living my best life like I was. I didn't have to get out for work. I was resting. I was sleeping in. Mm. I got a new job. I got a raise. Like I was like, this is good. And I almost felt bad that I was doing so well when there was so much suffering going on. Oh, wow. And okay. like once we started hitting past the year mark, then I started feeling restless. I'm like, oh lord, when is this going to end? So it was fun in the beginning. Now it's not fun. That's interesting. It was. I had a hard time during the pandemic, and it wasn't. It wasn't really me. Like, I was happy to be home and not have to commute. I was like, okay, heck yeah. But I was always concerned with other people. And that's like another part of my like anxiety and maybe just me being uh, yeah. empathetic. But all I could think about is like, there are people at home, and they, especially the kids, you know, who are being like abused and they miss their teacher. Um, they're not getting their yeah. meals. Oh, God. it was just rough on me because that's all I could think about was the, the bad stuff. Yeah, you just cannot take on that weight, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just taking on a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to take on. I think, though, also, if I wasn't pregnant during the pandemic, it would have been much easier, too. Like, I probably would have been lit yeah. out here if I, <laughs> if I wasn't pregnant. In the height of it, was Steve even able to go to the appointments and stuff? Yes, he was. Um, they allowed okay. one person, at least at my doctor's office. Um, and so that was fine with me. I was like, I don't want to be going here by myself. Super emotional and stuff. <laughs> so it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to continue to take care of myself two years in and be kind to myself and know that like, like I'm just not going to be f- functioning at the same level I would be functioning had we not been through all this, right? Like, I don't expect myself to be giving the same output that I was giving 
two years ago and I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And another thing that I used to not like doing was taking off work. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will take off work. And like now I'm like, we literally did work from home for like two years. And me missing a day is not about to kill the industry. <laughs> so like I will send an email quick. Like oh, I'm taking off. Heck yeah. Well, you got three kids at home. Like goodbye. Take the days. Take a week if you need oh, to. I'm about all that. <laughs> I'm an advocate for taking time <laughs> off. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, but no, I feel you. But yeah, I think, I mean, in general, I think like this three month break that we're about to take is a form of yes. self care because this is a lot of work. I'm excited to rest and not have to edit this podcast for the next three months. I totally agree. <laughs> Although I love doing <laughs> it. It's, it's a huge commitment. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on the, um, the break. Like I said in the beginning, like I'm always looking for uh, a break. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, it's not time consuming. It's just mentally. <laughs> You know, we know. (laughs) No, for sure. It takes a lot of work to produce quality content and think about these topics. And we do a lot of Mm -hmm. mental health stuff and being vulnerable and all that stuff is an investment for sure. Yeah. I'm thankful that uh, we have some loyal listeners. Um, So we will be back. I don't want to give a date yet, but just expect us to be back in the spring. Um, We don't know what day we're coming back, what Maya just said. But we will be engaging with you guys on the Instagram page. Um, so, yeah, don't forget about us. Well, thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us for season two, episode 20. And we will see you guys next season. Literally in the spring. In the spring. Yes. Uh-